Weekly Biz Tape, a show where we highlight some of the biggest hits in business. I'm your host, Broderick Lothringer, and today I'm talking to Shannon Rossick, Director of Wellstack Content and Solutions at Informa. She's also a B2B fintech marketer, content producer, and on-camera host with a passion for storytelling. Today, we're going to chat about the merit of making content even when no one's looking, because you never know when the Taylor Swift effect is going to hit your life and boost your jersey sales up by 400%, or something to that effect. So with that, let's play the tape. The last time we met, we talked about the Broncos and the Kansas City Chiefs, because my Broncos, now, since we've talked. I did go to a game, and I firsthand got to watch them lose to the Jets in pure Broncos fashion, and I was expecting that. What I didn't expect is that we played your Chiefs. We actually won a game. I don't know what happened there. I don't know if the Broncos played well. I know the Chiefs didn't. I'm just going to chalk it up to Patrick Mahomes had the flu. I was going to say, he was sick. And look, but the Broncos, they always come and fired up to play us. As you know, those divisional AFC games... They're crazy and everyone comes fired up to play us. And so, you know, what is that? It was 17th time we've played each other since the Mahomes era. And we finally, yeah, <laughs> yeah. finally, we got, finally got one. There's no, no one on my end should be bragging. Like, I'll put it that way. Like, there's so many but losses. Let's just humbly take say, our win. Wilson and has s- been having like a sneaky good year. It's, it's, it's quiet. It's not talked about as much, but I, he's, I he still has some in the tank. So, yeah. You know, they're looking better, but ultimately, that's not the story here. The story in the NFL is Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. And just pulling back for a second, I mean, his jersey sales have went up 400%. Any ad he's on, he's 3 x engagement with audiences. And they said with women right now, I think they said 67% higher viewership with women between the ages of 18 and 29. So the Taylor Swift effect, whether you're a fan or not, it's very real. And I want to ask, from your opinion, do you think this is going to stick around? Do you think these numbers are just going to stay consistent? Or do you think there's going to be some sort of drop-off? So down the, road? the swift lift, as I like to call it, is very, very real. And honestly, my worlds are colliding. I'm a huge Taylor Swift fan, obviously a huge Travis Kelsey fan being a Chiefs fan. So my worlds are colliding and I cannot get enough of the content. It's borderline creepy how obsessed I am, actually. <laughs> so, but I will fully admit it because I am I am here for it. But it, it actually, it's funny, this seems like a true masterclass in, in marketing and the power of just influence, right? Obviously, two big names, very successful in their own rights, bringing that star power together. And the NFL's laughing probably all the way to the bank at this point because of Taylor Swift. They've now been able to reach a demographic they haven't been able to touch at all. And that's young women <laughs> who are no longer complaining yeah. on, on Sundays to their boyfriends and husbands that they're sitting on the couch all day because they're trying to get a glimpse of Taylor Swift. So honestly, yeah, give me a just, glimpse. Just show her. I think that what was the, the first game she was at, they showed her 17 times. That was a little much, but I get it. They were excited. Yeah. They wanted to, you know, hype it up and everything. I get it. But I see this sustaining for a while because now I, I, I mean, I even have friends who are Taylor Swift fans that have come to me and said, should we become Chiefs fans now? I'm like, even though you're new and bandwagon, we'll take you. So it's completely opened up 
just new opportunities. And it's fun to see people actually get engaged now and actually kind of care and be a little more interested in the, in the game of football. Look, I get it. You're there. See Taylor Swift, more power to you. But honestly, it's just a really exciting time. I feel like in our pop culture movement, this is huge. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, to be able to reach her fans, football fans, I know true NFL fans don't necessarily love it because they call it a distraction, but who doesn't love a good American like romance story? Come on. <laughs> She's everywhere. And Travis Kelsey and I thought the Chiefs were everywhere. The two fan bases came together. And now, like, as a poor Broncos <laughs> fan, it's just, it's everywhere all the time. But I do think it's great for the NFL. And I think the biggest thing here is folks tell me they're like, well, it's just Taylor Swift. And anyone who says that, I mean, don't get me wrong. Taylor Swift brought... Travis Kelsey a ton of attention and yeah I mean his bag got a lot bigger for (laughs) as a result but the biggest thing here that's interesting this guy's I mean I know you're a Chiefs fan but he's on the way out oh yeah he's in his mid-30s he's not going to keep playing at a high level for you know maybe another five six seven years anyway point being there he has this podcast called the new heights podcast with his brother avid listener since day one (laughs) it's a fantastic podcast i mean there's one where like jason was telling travis about like have you seen twilight travis like no and i don't want to talk about it and jason's like here's everything play by play all four movies and for like 10 minutes goes off and it's hilarious but they have this relationship and they have this awesome podcast Well, here's the thing. I would go as far as to say, like, yes, they have sponsors and they've done fine for themselves, but it's not for either of them, their main breadwinner, but they've consistently made content for, I don't know how many years now, but they've been doing it for a while because Mm -hmm. they love it, right? And there's a lesson here for every single advisor, CEO, business owner, you make this content and you do it time and time again, sooner or later, something not a Taylor Swift But something is probably going to bring attention to your business. If you're doing your work with excellence and consistency, sooner or later, something is going to come along that's going to bring a few more eyes. And when those people came and saw Travis Kelsey, we're like, well, who is this guy? Now they can go and binge his podcast. And turns out he's Mm -hmm. entertaining. Now people not only love her, but they love him by association because they got to know he's more than just Taylor Swift's boyfriend. And I'd say the same thing for business owners. Make some, make content, do something you love, put yourself out there, even if the ROI isn't mm-hmm. that high. And maybe for some folks, podcasting is their living, but other folks, well, now they got to know you through that podcast. Well, now all of a sudden, all these people want to schedule a consultation with you because they got to know you through that. Well, the, the great thing about their podcast too is the authenticity behind it, right? Their whole goal with that was to allow folks to have a behind the scene looks of what's really going on in the NFL. No one else is really doing that, especially on a player level. So, so to not only have that access, you're drawing in the crowd that already is obsessed with football, wants to know the inner workings, but then you have their brotherly relationship, which is so authentic because they pick on each other. They raise each other up. They have an incredible family story that they're more than willing to share. And so, gosh, how many panels and discussions have I been included in where it's all about authentic storytelling and how to amplify your voice and how to engage prospects? I mean, they are giving a masterclass in it because it, they are unapologetically themselves no matter where they show up, whether it's at, the, at a game, on a podcast, 
on SNL when Travis hosted it. He obviously has a long career ahead of him, whether it's in broadcasting or media. He's clearly setting himself up for the future with everything that he's been doing lately because he's everywhere. I mean, he's probably had more acting gigs than Taylor Swift's last boyfriend. <laughs> she dated him for six years. Yeah. <laughs> Terrible. No shade to Joe. But yeah. I mean, Travis, like you said, is he is a personality. He's entertaining. And to be able to play off someone as close as your brother, I mean, what an incredible opportunity for them. And now they have a whole new audience that they're engaging because everyone's dying for him to mention Taylor and, and all that. But it's, the reason it resonates so much is because even though they are superstars in, in their respective field, they make it relatable and they make it consistent and they show up authentically themselves every time they deliver a podcast, whether they're interviewing Patrick Mahomes or Jalen Hurts or their own mom, Donna Kelsey, you know, they bring not only that expertise and knowledge around football, but just to be able to like harness that emotion that comes with all of it and be able to share that with such a wide audience yeah. and no hold bars. It's it's pretty incredible. And people just love it. They eat it up because they know that they're going to get that experience every time that they tune in. Your audience knows every single time what they're going to get out of your show. That doesn't mean you do the exact same thing and you talk about the same topic every time, but they understand, okay, this is who this host is. It's going to be this kind of conversation. When I listen to Conan O'Brien needs a friend, when I mow the lawn, I know I'm probably going to laugh. And if Bill Burr's on, i probably shouldn't be mowing because all I'm going to do is lock in and listen to that episode. He's one of my favorites. <laughs> yeah, Bill Burr's, he's the best. So when it comes to, you know, you're in the advisory space, there are a lot of folks I know when they talk to me about, oh, here's the kind of podcast I want to do. And something maybe like that makes them like, okay, well, what's, what's, your, what's your value prop? What makes you unique? And what do you want to talk about in your content? And the amount of times I've heard, here's this really crafty thing I can do with portfolios. And people really want to hear me talk about A, B, mm -hmm. C strategies. And here's how I'm going to demonstrate that I'm an expert. And, you know, my clients love me. So clearly all these like potential listeners will too. Now, maybe people don't say it exactly <laughs> like that. But I've, I've heard that a few times. And you said in there, you're like, they make Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey make it relatable. And when what I tell you, there's a lot of financial advisors when they bring that to like those topics to me, I can tell them from out the gate your show's probably not going to be very successful. There is nothing in this that's right. relatable that you tie to your audience. So I guess for yourself, is that something you've also seen? And how do you help humanize advisors? <laughs> in yeah, absolutely. So um, as you know, you know, I host the Wellstack podcast. And before then, when I was running marketing for Flyer Financial Technologies, I was hosting in the money. And that was my first foray into podcasting. I mean, my background is heavily in video. And so podcasting was a whole new uh, platform for me. It was very different because I very much used to writing questions, scripting, all of that for video. Whereas podcasting, as you know, is much more freeform. It's, it's big thinking. It's meant to be conversational. And so to be able to bring that authentically and carry a conversation for 30, 40 minutes up to an hour, that's a whole different skill set that you have to be comfortable in doing. And folks like us who genuinely love just networking and building relationships, it, it comes pretty naturally. And so for me, what I found is I structured my podcast in a fun way. I wanted it to be a recognizable format. So when everyone that I talk to comes into it, they know exactly what they're getting. They know exactly what to expect. And then therefore, 
the audience knows what to expect. So I've had a lot of fun with it. <clears throat> and when I joined Informa, they said, here are the reins to the podcast, reformat it, do whatever you want <laughs> and make it yours. And so I did. And in turn, that helps humanize it because again, I prepare people. I start with a section called Stats All Folks, which is a play on That's All Folks for all you Looney Tunes fans out there. Um, and that helps just set the conversation, right? So it's it's high level thought leadership, diving into a specific topic, and that kind of gets things flowing. And then what's been really fun is that then my next section is um, uh, Ask Us Anything. And I'm not going to lie, this was actually an idea from the New Heights podcast where they have their no dumb questions. I didn't necessarily want to call it that, especially in our in our space. So I settled on Ask Us Anything, but it's my version of being able to crowdsource on LinkedIn and Twitter uh, from my network and audiences what they really want to hear from these folks. And that has been highly successful. So that has been a really fun way to humanize it too, because you're hearing directly from folks you know, what's on their mind and what they want to hear about, what they want to talk about. And so that way I'm able to give whoever I'm talking to, whoever, whatever expert I'm talking to, they can speak directly to those questions. And then finally, I wrap it up and I even have t-shirts because I'm trying to merchandise this thing. Um, my final section is called Stack It or Whack It. And this is where I have a lot of fun. And again, humanize it a little bit more. I usually throw out about two questions and they're not always well tech related, especially if I know you, you're going to get a question about your personal hobbies or your personal life. And I'm going to ask you stack it or whack it <laughs> about it. And so that has been fun. And it just, it loosens people up. It allows them to showcase themselves beyond their professional life. So again, humanizes it in a sense where, you know, they have their talking points that they want to hit based on you know, their expertise or what product they're talking about, whatever it may be. But at least in that final section, especially, we can have a little bit of fun with it. You can hear them be a little bit lighter. And and people at the end of the day, they love to talk about themselves. And I love hearing people's personal stories. And so if people can relate a little bit in that sense, like if I know you're into skiing or if I know you're into golfing, I'm going to ask you a crazy question about that. <laughs> so it's about just doing your research too on those folks to make them feel heard. And so you can pull in those professional and personal elements into everything that you're talking about. A word you threw out a lot in that last response was the word <laughs> fun. You've done this podcast, you picked it up for Informa and you've been doing this and you clearly enjoy it. And for me, whenever I coach folks on a, doing a new podcast, I always say, is this something you're really going to have fun doing? And it can be educational, right. but how is it fun for you? How are you getting fulfillment out of this? Because sooner or later, this is going to be mm -hmm. a drain. And if it's a drain on you, it's going to be a drain on your mm -hmm. audience. And I think they said like 68% of podcasts quit within 10 episodes. And that's not surprising for me. But we're entering this age of AI and this this new tech revolution of a lot of it's not even truly AI, but some of it is. And people are, I guess the barrier to entry for creating content and podcasts is getting lower and lower. And I'm of the belief that in the next five years, there is going to be so much, it'll almost seem pristine content that's out there. And everything's a very similar outline. You've got one of five cookie cutter templates and it's perfected. And everyone says, why would I pay for a designer? Why would I pay for an audio video person? Why would I pay for a producer? Why would I even hire a marketing agency? I can just throw it into X 
or whatever. Now, I can't even say X anymore because that's now Twitter. So people will think I'm talking about that. They'll throw it into whatever the platform's name is and it'll spit it out for them perfectly. So my question is for you, how do you see people in our space, marketers, helping folks understand that's not exactly true? Because people still need to know what they want so they get the desired outcome. We're not, we're just scratching the surface, right? When it comes to AI. And so the biggest thing is, I always recommend it. Sure, use it as a tool, use it for ideation. I mean, I use it sometimes if I just need to spur ideas about something, I'll punch it in, see what it comes up with. You know, I'm not copying, pasting content from there and putting it out into the universe. Plus, I'd get in a lot of trouble at my company if I did that, which is a whole other conversation around regulation with AI and the content that comes out of it. But it comes down to what are your goals as a marketer, right? Is it is it lead gen? Is it brand awareness? Is it, you know, whatever it may be, you know, you need to look at that first and then figure out, okay, what tools are going to help get me there? But at the same time, marketing and, and our space and our world is still very much relationship based. And so I I never recommend you going full bore on AI. I know there was a huge panic when it all started, even though it's nothing new. These last couple of years, it's obviously started to snowball and folks feel like they need to have all these solutions with AI. And I always say, take a step back. What business problems are you trying to solve with that? Don't just do it just to do it to say, you know, you have it or you're dabbling with it. It really goes down to what you're trying to accomplish within your business. And you still need that human element because that's something that AI hopefully is not going to be able to replicate anytime soon, right? Sure, we're going to get to the point where, you know, it can curate content online, listen to your videos, podcasts, and start generating things in your tone. But what I find, especially when I'm using ChatGPT, even the advanced version, I still have to do a lot of editing because it still sounds like a robot. And that is the last thing you want in your marketing because it is so obvious when that happens, when you're just spouting out, you know, the, the jargon and words like synergy and, you know, omni-channel. It's like, ugh. you don't you don't want that. People want to be talked to yeah. like people, just like financial advice. I mean, that's the biggest thing, right? Is is folks want to be talked to in a way that they can understand, in a way that they can digest. Don't throw all these fancy numbers and words at me. Are you going to help me accomplish my goals? very much the same thing for marketing. And that's the biggest thing is, is you still, like you said, still need that coaching. You still want to make sure that you're resonating on a human level. You don't just want to throw something out into the universe just to do it. It has to not only ladder up to your business goals, but has to make sense for the people that you're talking to. So if you're just going to do a generic canned marketing campaign without any real thought into it, What's the point? You're wasting your time, right? It needs to be targeted. It needs to sound educated. And you need to sound like you know who you're talking to. And AI is not quite there yet. So I say use that solely for ideation, at least at the moment. Sure, we can get into all the backend stuff. It can do automation workflow, but actual content itself and telling your story, just use it as a fun tool for right now. On the other side, there are a lot of folks who say, well, I should probably have a podcast and I should probably have a YouTube series and I should probably have a blog series. Sometimes that's 100% Mm -hmm. true. Sometimes we really learn about what they want to talk about and we recommend, no, this is totally a YouTube series or 
No, maybe. Have you ever thought about putting out YouTube shorts or TikToks? Or have you, no, this, everything you're saying right here, you just, your whole topic, you just took 30 minutes to tell me what the topic was. You should do a podcast. So I guess finding out not only what it is you're trying to say and who you're speaking to, but finding out what's the right medium for yes. you to deliver that <laughs> content huge. is something huge. Because I'm sure you've yeah. seen it too. Most folks, they they either want to try to do everything and, and that's very overwhelming and everyone is not good at everything. So if you don't like being on video, you should probably try podcasting or writing. <laughs> you know, if you are savvy when it comes to apps like TikTok and Instagram, things like that, lean in, try it out. You know, I know the whole marketing thing. If you can't measure it, you can't manage it. I, I waffle on that a little bit because I'm also a believer of failing forward a little bit. If you just want to try stuff that makes sense to you, that's that, that you enjoy doing that resonates much more. And that comes through on a specific platform than anything else. I don't think advisors are meant to do everything. They can't do everything. I mean, they can't spend that much time having a podcast, a, a blog series, you know, webinars and all the other stuff they have to do. They need to focus on their clients. So lean into that, the things that you are, are good at naturally. Don't try to take on too much at once. It's one of the biggest mistakes I see. For yourself, do you have a preferred platform to just consume content? Oh, What's your favorite? Uh, definitely podcast because it, it, so much information is so easily accessible. You can go to Spotify or you know Apple, wherever you get your podcasts and type in any topic and you're going to get a bajillion podcasts and you can kind of pick and choose and curate what you want. So constantly listen to podcasts. And honestly tried and true newsletters. You know, I subscribe to a plethora of things, whether it's in our space, general marketing. One that I love is the morning brew because they cover so much. And then they have the subsects yeah. of, you know, for marketing, CFO, like a whole bunch of stuff. So I still think newsletters are tried and true. And especially when you can just stay in the newsletter, not necessarily have to click out unless you want to. I love that just kind of in-platform content where you don't have to click out a whole bunch. Um, but my favorite content yeah. to produce still is is video. That's not going anywhere. The joy of that is that you can do five seconds to an hour <laughs> with video, right? It depends what you're trying to accomplish, but that's still such a popular medium. And it's such an easy way to communicate, uh, not only with clients, but just in general too. So video not going anywhere, still leaning very heavily into that. Um, I will say, you know, I, I frequent YouTube a lot more for how to stuff. Like if I need to fix something or, um, just, I need a quick explanation of something. I am very much a YouTuber. So it's a bit, a bit of a mix all over the map, but I'm curious. What about you? I think my favorite to consume would be YouTube. I just, I've been that way since 2010. And I mean, even back then when I was, in high school. Dated. I love it. <laughs> oh yeah. I was making San Antonio Spurs mix videos back then. And like, there was no copyright <laughs> rules. It was the wild west on YouTube. So I was using like Aerosmith and other people <laughs> uploading videos and getting hundreds of thousands of views. And it was great. Now I'm like, wow, people have to like, if you want an NBA mix, you got to go find some crappy free yep. <laughs> stock music and like hope it inspires people. It doesn't, it doesn't hit the same no. anymore. So I feel bad for younger content creators <laughs> doing that, but I still love YouTube. My favorite to produce is absolutely podcasts. I just get really excited whether I'm working with someone and they've got a really cool podcast and can be a part of that conversation or even doing my own. 
there's one I'm actually really looking forward to to doing here. Uh, for folks who know, like just in my free time, I like to do podcasts and throw stuff at the wall and see what sticks and then bring it back to my clients. And yeah, we did a Star Wars podcast. We're still doing it. And then it became like a top 3% global podcast. We went to Europe because of it and all sorts of awesome stuff. So now I feel like I'm finally ready to announce that I'm starting a Lord of the Rings podcast. And for the rest of the world, they're like, <laughs> so what's the big deal? That's just the Lord of the Rings podcast, you nerd. <laughs> Things like that, that even just me talking about it, I love podcasting. And it's just a great way to say, if you can do something really cool like that and bring people together that you know this could be really neat, and then you get an opportunity to create a community of people who love that content and travel the world because of it. So yeah, podcasting is definitely my favorite to do. Podcasting out of the Shire then sometime soon? (laughs) So that was talked about. That was talked about. I think so. I think we said for our 100th episode, we would actually go down to New Zealand and we have a spot there. Actually, they just finished designing the interior of a hobbit hole. So I think we would we would film oh, in there. Yeah, gosh. we'll see. It's got to go through some legal stuff. We'll see. We'll see. We'll details, see if I actually edit this question out if we don't get to do it. Well, Shannon, selfishly on your end, plug yourself for folks who loved this episode. Where can they follow Absolutely. you? Absolutely. So check me out on Twitter, LinkedIn, just at Shannon Rossick. And then we'd obviously love to see you all in person at our Wealth Management Edge event, which is happening in May 2024, the 13th through the 16th at the Diplomat in Hollywood, Florida. And uh, I love to call that one the Choose Your Own Adventure Conference because it is an all-encompassing, comprehensive look at what's help- happening in wealth management. You have our RA Edge track, our Inside ETFs track, and our Wellstack track. So everything from investment philosophy to using tech for growth and focusing on things like comp and culture and leadership. Come on down. We'd love to see you there in person. I'll be running around like a chicken with their head cut off doing sharing the event, doing video, doing podcasting. <laughs> so you will see me in my element. <laughs> Go to Hollywood, Florida. I mean, is that even much of it? Like, is that really hard beach. to do? I mean, it's Hollywood, Florida. <laughs> Come to the beach. The link's in the description of this podcast. So come on. You got no excuse. You, you can't say it. You couldn't find the link. It's right there. So go check it out. Otherwise, that's this week's episode of the Weekly Biz Tape. You want more information about us? Google Podpony. It's on our website. We're number one on Google. So yeah, you'll find it. No excuses there either. You know what to do. Otherwise, we'll see you next week for the next episode of the Weekly Biz Tape. We'll talk to someone about something in content. I don't know who. We'll figure it out. We'll see you next week.